0: Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Bothell Amplified. Pastor Joe here. Today, we are launching a new sermon series, a short one, only two weeks, but it's called Meeting Jesus Again. And we'll be looking at scripture passages uh, post resurrection for when the disciples met Jesus again. Uh, today, we start in John chapter 20, verses 19 to 31. Check out the sermon here.
1: Good morning. My name is Jim Reddick, and it's good to be with you today. This morning, we start a two-part sermon series called Meeting Jesus Again. And we turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31, for our scripture lesson. Hear the word of God. When it was evening on that day, that day when Jesus was raised from the dead, the first day of the week, and the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, whose name means twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them, and he said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life, In His name, holy words for God's people.
0: So this week, um, you know, I was kind of lost in my own world. I uh, was uh, had my headphones in or my AirPods in. I was uh, running errands. I was uh, shopping. And uh, anyone have any guilty pleasure music? (laughs) Some of y'all do, because y'all are about to know where this is going to go. Um, mine tend to be 90s boy bands. Um, a little uh, You Are My Fire, right? My one desire. No? Nobody? I want it. Thank you. I want it that way. Good. Awesome. So I was, I was in uh, Costco and I was, I was listening and I, was, uh, and I started singing apparently. Um, and apparently because I didn't know. And uh, somebody in the checkout line uh, behind me started singing the harmonies, and it was weird. (laughs) They were really good, but it was weird. And uh, we started uh, talking, and it was just one of those moments where we were able to see each other, and we we got to uh, just talk while we were waiting, and I was like, "Uh, thanks for doing that. That's weird, but thanks for doing that. And uh, he said, no, I mean, you know, it's it's cool. We, We like what we like, and some people like boy bands, and other people don't, and that's okay. And it was just a really cool moment because what it showed me was even in those times of silliness and even in those times when you can just get lost in your own world, that there are people around who care for you, right? There are people around who can sing with you, laugh with you, be part of your experience in that moment. And I think that's what kind of what we're doing, right? As we continue to try new things, as we try to be church together, as we learn of new ways and experience new ways of doing this thing called church and faith. We journey with one another on, all along the way, right? Sometimes we get lost and we find ourselves in rabbit holes and wrestling with our faith. Other times we find the silliness of what it means to be a believer. Other times we are just lost, period. And all of that allows us to be vulnerable and to be open and to journey with each other. And so for this little while, as we navigate this new service time, as we navigate um, worship, as we come to church together, uh, our hope and our prayer is that through this experience and through this time, you will know that you are not alone in your faith journey. Wherever you are on your faith journey, know that you are not alone, right? Know that you belong. Know that you are welcome for exactly who God created you to be. And so what that means for us uh, is we want to name that there are places in our world and society, even in places of worship, where that's not true for everyone, uh, where people are pushed out and kept out, where people are marginalized and oppressed. And if that has been your experience, we want to first say that we're sorry. We are sorry. And we want to name that for exactly who you are, for exactly who God created you to be, you are welcome and that you belong. If you are gay or lesbian, transgender, bisexual, or questioning, know that you are welcome, know that you belong. If you're black or brown or indigenous, if you have been discriminated against because of the color of your skin, know that you are welcome, know that you belong. If you find yourself homeless or houseless or in the lower economic brackets of our community, if you are single or divorced or partnered or separated, know that you are welcome, know that you belong. With all of your unique gifts, and abilities created to be bearers of christ's image to all the world know that you are welcome know that you belong amen amen Amen. i'm going to go preach from over here so i'm going to invite us into a time of prayer as we get started on this sermon this morning let's pray holy one be present here and in all the places from which we are worshiping move in us and through us that we too would be moved and changed speak to us we pray Less of me, more of you, none of me, all of you. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer, amen. You know, some of the best parts of my week are when I get to spend time and uh, energy with playing with my kids. Um, This week, we, we built a fort in the living room that turned into an ice cream shop, that turned into a boat, which took us downstairs where we were hug-attacked by all the mystical uh, creatures that lived under the water, which basically meant having all the stuffed animals piled up on top of me while we were making funny noises together. I was thinking about the imagination of kids, right? How they can look at something and will it into something else. I I see chairs and and a couch and an armchair draped with a sheet as something to clean up later. Uh, They see this fort and the ice cream shop and boat, and they probably would have kept going if it wasn't time for lunch. Uh, I see a cardboard box from Costco used to carry my groceries and eventually recycle. They they see a, a spaceship. I see a lawn needing to be mowed. They see the jungle and get ready to go out into the safari. I wonder when that changed for us. At what point did we lose the ability to see the possibilities? We're a week removed from Easter, from when Mary and those first disciples, they they ran to the tomb early that morning, when Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, having found no body, when Jesus asks her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? from when she went and ran to the disciples to announce that I have seen the Lord. And despite that declaration, in the evening on that same day, the disciples are now gathered somewhere. The the doors are locked for fear of the Jewish authorities. Here's the thing. Uh, just because Mary went to the disciples to tell them that she had this personal encounter with Jesus, that she had seen the Lord, it doesn't mean that they believed her. If I said to you this morning that I would found the best restaurant in Seattle, and that it was a place called Paju, would you believe me? My guess is that you already have your incorrect opinion on what the best restaurant is, (laughs) and unless you go and experience it yourself, my word would not be enough to change your mind. For the disciples, they, they only know their current reality. Three days ago, their friend, their teacher, their Messiah was crucified on the cross. They brought his body down, and now the body is gone. And unless they meet Jesus again, their reality is all that they can grasp. Which is why I wonder why we are so quick to judge Thomas. Remember, Thomas was not with the disciples when they meet Jesus again, when he came to them, declaring unto them, peace be with you, when he breathed into them the Holy Spirit. We don't know where Thomas was, just that he wasn't there. So when the other disciples tell him, we have seen the Lord, which should sound familiar, he doesn't believe them, which should also sound familiar. Right? Thomas is simply expressing what others throughout the gospel of John had felt at some point in their journey with Jesus. Right? I, I hear you. I hear what you've said, but I need to experience it myself. Right? We've seen this in the disciples, right? Mary says, I've seen the Lord, and the disciples still need to see it for themselves. But go back with me. We're going to go to chapter 1 of John. And and Jesus is going around in Galilee, right? He's already called his first disciples, Simon and Andrew. He he now calls Philip, who then runs to Nathanael and says to him, We have found him, the one whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote. We found Jesus, son of Joseph, Joseph, from Nazareth. And Nathanael responds with skepticism and dismissal. He says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? But when he goes and sees for himself, when Nathanael has his own encounter, he then declares, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. One more, chapter 4. There's a woman who meets Jesus at the well. They have this back and forth, and Jesus invites her into this relationship of belief. Hey, believe that I am the Messiah. She runs into town, tells all the neighbors, and she says, come and see a man who told me everything that I have done. He might be the Messiah. John tells us that many people believed on the basis of the woman's report but many more believed because they heard Jesus themselves. And and the story ends with some of them saying to the women, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. So when Thomas responds to his friends needing to see the marks on Christ's body, he's only articulating what everybody else has already experienced. I want to touch on two quick things from this. We're going to go to verses 26 and 27. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was now with him. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. This word doubt. Theologian Caroline Lewis, she she writes that the primary definition of the term doubt has to do with uncertainty but uncertainty as a category of belief does not exist in the fourth gospel, right? One is either certain or not certain. See, this this word that's translated as doubt, apistos, right? It literally means unbelieving. So Jesus is telling Thomas, hey, make a choice. Make a declaration. Make a decision for yourself. Do you want to be unbelieving? Or will you believe? And Thomas makes that choice. He says, my Lord and my God, which is fascinating. Because when the other disciples met Jesus again, Scripture tells us that they rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Remember, they were locked out in fear. They they, they were stuck in that room together. They were wondering what would happen next. And Jesus approaches them and says, peace, and then they rejoice. They're filled with joy. But Thomas, he doesn't rejoice. He makes a confession right then and there. He says, yes, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my God. I am committing my life to you I will serve you and your ways I will choose to follow you There's a difference in how we are taken in a moment and the declaration of life to come but here's the second thing. Remember the Gospel of John, it, it, belief and unbelief, it's not tied to some concern about the end of the world or about salvation after death. John is interested in each person's relationship with Jesus, how, how to be a disciple of Jesus, how the impact of a relationship with Jesus has on the world today. For, for John, belief is tied to relationship. Belief is relationship. If you believe in this Jesus, if you believe in his teachings, if you believe in a future that could be, then be in relationship with God and with one another. I don't want to skip past this this part of the passage in verses 22 and 23. It's a little problematic, right? Jesus appears to the disciples that first time without Thomas and says, peace be with you. And then Jesus breathes into them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he continues, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And this feels so out of place for John. Right? In in John, Jesus was sent to take away the sins of the world, to rebuild relationship out of the brokenness, to to find reconciliation when we hurt God and when we hurt one another. And so to think that Jesus would commission his disciples to go into the world after breathing into them the Holy Spirit, to think that Jesus would commission his disciples to perpetuate sin by refusing forgiveness, it's unconceivable. That he would accept a reality that the retention of sin, the existence of sin, is legitimate? That's unimaginable. Catholic theologian Sandra Schneider, she, she offers this alternative translation. She says, of whomever you forgive the sin, the sins are forgiven them. Whomever you hold fast, or embrace, they are held fast. The original Greek doesn't repeat the word sin in that second clause of whomever you forgive the sin, the sins are forgiven them, but whoever, whomever you hold fast, whomever you embrace, they are embraced. They are held fast. Note the emphasis on relationship, right? Jesus says, see me and experience my life for yourself. So be in relationship with me. Jesus says, believe or don't believe. But that's a relationship question. Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit. So be in relationship with God and with one another. Forgive each other's sins. Be in relationship. Be in right relationship. Choose to experience a life that is different than the brokenness that exists now. Choose to be in relationship despite the times that we hurt one another. Choose to be in relationship because only when we're in relationship with God and with one another, then can we imagine a world that could be. And that's what John's about. It's the idea and the potential and the possibilities of a world that could be in relationship with one another. I remember there was a time when we experienced things anew, right? When something smacks us in uh, our face, when we forget about all that is happening in our world and we say, this, this is it. This is how we're going to choose to live. I don't know what those experiences might be for you, but it could be as small as uh, um, forgetting to shift and uh, turn uh, your turn signal when you get in an accident. I bet you will forever remember to turn on your turn signal if that happens, right? Um, for us, when our kids were younger, when they fell off the bed, right, we, were, <laughs> we, we took down all the box springs, all the things, and we made sure that we slept on the floor for like two years after that, right? It could also be some really impactful things, right? Um, As I was learning about the impact of uh, child trafficking and slavery, it forced me to make decisions about how I would change my buying habits, which companies I would boycott, which uh, uh, places that I would choose to buy from. When something happens to you, when you experience something personally on that individual level, how does your life change? When you meet a friend for the first time, when you meet that friend again, how does your life change? When you meet your life partner, how does your life change? When you meet your child, how does your life change? When you meet Jesus, how does your life change? We don't know the rest of the story. We actually don't know what happens to Mary from John. We don't know where they go afterwards. We have bits and pieces throughout. But we know that something happened because even today, 2,000 years later, we can experience a life-changing relationship that Jesus invites into with God and with one another and claim that what there is experience in this world cannot be it, cannot be the end. And we choose to be in relationship with one another, to partner alongside God and with one another, and to turn our hearts towards a future that could be better, that might be better. I think this is why we're making these shifts. If you've been part of a a Bothell community for a little while, you know that this 9.30 time is new. Good job for those of you who are here on time. Uh, For the rest of you, we, good job also, way to be here but it's different, right? We've gone from two services, well, we went from three services pre-pandemic to two services at nine and 10.30 to the single service for this next little while. We're committing to do this through September for the reason to be in relationship with each other. Look around, and if you're online, look around for those who are uh, commenting and on the screens. See how many names you don't recognize. See how many faces you don't recognize. That involves turning your head, folks. Look. Look around. <laughs> Same thing with community groups. We've, we've placed this emphasis on community groups. We have fourteen different community groups that are happening now until Pentecost, which is May twenty-eighth. Right, we're doing it because of this emphasis on relationship. Gathered and sent. In just a little while, we'll be in the fellowship hall, experiencing life together, getting to know the people around us. We're doing it not because we just want to make friends, because we believe that by being in relationship with one another, we can combat the brokenness and the disconnection, and we can choose to live life in a new way. That's why we do church. That's why we do faith because we believe and have the audacity to see the reality and to claim that there is something better, to imagine a possibility of a world made new, to imagine a possibility where the brokenness and hurt and pain that we experience now is not the final answer. This is why we do church. And so we're gonna invite all of us to experience the next 40 whatever days left between now and Pentecost with openness, with the vulnerability to say, I don't know all the answers, the vulnerability to say, I may not have all I need right now. It's okay. It's okay. Because this journey is intended to be done with each other. And this journey is intended for all of us to get to that end point when all might experience hope and joy, and peace, and love. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, Let's pray. God, we give you the thanks for this community, for the community gathered online, on site, for the community committed to doing life differently, committed to being in relationship with one another and with you. So we pray that you would breathe into us the Holy Spirit as you've done all those years ago, as you continue to do even in our midst. Breathe into us that Holy Spirit that would break down the walls that we've built not only in our physical world, but the walls that we've built around our hearts and that you'd invite us to be in relationship with you we invite us to be in relationship with one another and so make us bold and it's in your holy name that we pray amen All right, so that was our first sermon on this two-week series, Meeting Jesus Again. Uh, We are launching this new thing here at Bothell with a single service at 9.30, fellowship at 10.30, and a gathered and sent activity at 11. If you are local, we would love for you to be part of our journey as we get to know one another, uh, as we get to know God through community and through relationship with one another. Also, community groups are launched and uh, going. They are awesome opportunities for you to get to know one another. Uh, This is for anybody everywhere. We have online opportunities as well as in-person opportunities. So check out BothellUMC.org for more information on community groups. Have a wonderful, wonderful week and tune in next week for when we close out the series, Meeting Jesus Again. Talk to you soon.